one important also point, uh, especially for the young uh, generation of interventionalists, using the IVS is one thing and understanding the IVS is another thing. Uh, advocate yourself to go to courses, ask your senior members who does IVS a lot, because there is IVS is easy to be done, but you have to really know what you're reading. Hello, everybody. My name is Mirvat al Asmaj. I'm an interventional cardiologist at King Fahad Armed Forces Hospital in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. And with me today is Dr. Abdurrahman Al Magheri. He's an interventional cardiologist at Prince Sultan Cardiac Center. And Dr. Khalid Al Jahani, an interventional cardiologist at King Saud University, Riyadh. We had co authored an article for US in Review on left main interventions. And we're going to try to discuss it over the next few minutes with all of you. So welcome, gentlemen, and thank you for taking the time to be here today. Dr. Jenny, I would like to perhaps start with you. What do the current guidelines recommend for PCI of left main? Well, as we know that uh, as the evidence from the randomized controlled trial is evolving in the, in the la latest uh, big RCTs like Noble and Excel, the guidelines uh, from the European has moved into uh, class 2A for uh, osteal and uh, shaft uh, left main intervention with a class of evidence B uh, and uh, class 2B for, for, for intervention also, which push uh, the uh, left main intervention towards more and more closer to cabbage as the evidence now support that it could be an uh, if it, to use uh, especially intravascular imaging, you can uh, get near uh, near cabbage results, which helps uh, improve the outcome. Yeah, I agree with you. And there's certainly a difference in practice between osteal and then uh, uh, distal left main or uh, mid shaft disease. So PCI can be considered an alternative to bypass surgery for select patients of unprotected left main. Um, but clinical outcomes of PCI do vary depending on the size and the complexity of the lesion. And um, specifically, distal left main is more complex and associated with worse clinical outcomes. I mean, we do see, um, you know, Valganigli and Sarais did their uh, research and T research uh, registries showing high higher MACE distal left main that was primarily driven by uh, TBR, it was 30% versus 11%. So really the optimal intervention for distal left main uh, continues to evolve, but most of the left main studies do endorse a provisional strategy. Even then, we know that 40% of left main interventions are performed with an intentional upfront to stent strategy. And this wide variation is really highly dependent on the anatomy and stent types and uh, operator experience, perhaps. And I think the final comment that I'm going to make is from Kanzari and his group that did a sub-analysis. They examined procedural methods and outcomes in patients who had undergone distal left main PCI in the, sub, in the um, Excel sub-analysis. Sub and they note that three-year adverse outcomes were worse with planned two-stent treatment compared with provisional one-stent approach. And this was confined, though, to patients with major involvement of both uh, vessels. So, Dr. Wally, if we focus on the osteo-left main, what techniques do we use to optimize the positioning of osteo-left main Yes, thank you for the introduction. The uh, uh, left main, though, it uh, looks the, the uh, easy intervention, but uh, it's uh, it's a challenging uh, because the osteal by the CT from the uh, different observed from different studies and published in the uh, your intervention uh, by CT, which uh, showed about 85 percent 
the uh, geographic mismatch or uh, geographic miss uh, to miss the ostium. And uh, currently, the commonly used methods is the fluoro-guided, which uh, takes the multiple fuels uh, from the iliocranial, uh, iliocaudal, uh, areocranial, from the abicaudal, according to the anatomy, because the anatomy, not all the anatomy, is the same. And so the difference is the anatomy which dictates the positioning. But there are many uh, techniques to help uh, uh, precise positioning of the stint. One of them is the floating wire technique, which use the two wires, one uh, in the target fizzle, which is the LED to the left main, and the uh, other uh, uh, wire floating into the aorta to stop the, uh, the guide from diving into precisely localized. The additional step also to uh, make this floating wire into the proximal part of the uh, uh, proximal first proximal stent, uh, cell of the stent, which called uh, Zabo's technique. Uh, this is good and also to stop the both the guide from diving in and the stent from uh, getting deep and precisely. But the drawback of this uh, technique it may cause some uh, deformity of the proximal part of the stent, uh, which it can which can be managed with the uh, with the bus dilatations and optimization. And the third uh, one is a, de a dedicated uh, device, which called osteal probe. It's a dedicated device to stop the or to localize uh, the ostium for precise positioning. And knowing the available uh, drug diluting platforms and also the, the position of the stent uh, or relation of the stent to the uh, markers of the balloons also is very important to uh, for the operators to be aware of the uh, platform, whatever the stent they use. Uh, the third uh, part is the, uh, the optimization balloons, also to uh, take care of the optimizing the stent or what they call it is a flare or to use the dedicated flare balloons or devices to optimize the uh, stent. What if are the, uh, the protrusion they preferred? Is it one uh, millimeter protrusion, two millimeters, or uh, uh, flashing the, at the scan? Then finished by the utilizing the imaging, which is uh, which can be covered by Dr. Uh, Jahani uh, later in the, in the talk. Those are the main uh, aspects of the localization, optimization of the osteal stent. So maybe it is a good time to turn to you, Dr. Jinhani, about the role of intracoronary imaging um, to optimize left main stenting. What is your thought? Is it mandatory? Yes. So intravascular imaging, uh, be it IVIS, which is the ideal and uh, most commonly used in left main intervention because of the technicality, although been described uh, the use of OCT in uh, also left main. But uh, the usual or the most commonly used uh, intravascular imaging modality would be an IVIS. I think in my opinion and uh, the opinion of most of the operators I meet uh, across uh, the international platform, they would advocate for the use of no, mandatory use of uh, IVIS during any left main intervention. As we know, left main is, a, is an important vessel and it supplies the majority of the myocardium. And there is no place for luck or chance or experience. You really have to have an optimal result uh, first by sizing the stent. It will help you not only to diagnose and diversify a significant from non-significant left main, 
It also can help you to size your stent appropriately and to know uh, if there is a size mismatch and to plan your procedure with single or a double stent strategy. And at the end, it helps also to uh, to optimize your results because having a malleable stent in the left main is, is no good and is associated with target uh, lesion failure and it will impact the outcome. If we want to compete with surgery as being the standard of care, I think any left main PCI should not, and it should be class three, uh, if uh, no intravascular imaging is used. There is exceptions, of course, if the patient is unstable, if the patient is in an acute situation like STEMI and maybe an availability. I would suggest that maybe uh, re-imaging the patient in a center where there is an IGS uh, technology available. And one important also point, uh, especially for the young uh, generation of interventionalists, using the IVIS is one thing and understanding the IVIS is another thing. Uh, advocate yourself to go to courses, ask your senior members who does IVIS a lot, because there is IVIS is easy to be done, but you have to really know what you're reading, because there is certain parameters that you have to know, what's the MLA, MSA, how to size it yourself, train yourself at the beginning. And I think the best thing is to just stick to your senior member in the cath lab. They would help you. And uh, there is many courses online. There is a lot of material available and books available to guide you to, to really excel in IVIS. And IVIS is, I think, what will be a game changer for interventional cardiologists and interventional procedures when compared to surgery. Yeah, that was really brilliantly said. Um, and, you know, just a side note, the EBC main trial and the DK Crush 5 trial, both were very relevant studies um, that are really shaping the guidelines for left main PCI. The uptake of intracoronary imaging in both trials was approximately 40%. So it wasn't exactly 100%. But other differences between these two trials is, of course, the EBC main was a U European trial that captured outcomes of a stepwise provisional strategy for distal left main disease. And they found that the primary composite of all-cause death, MI, um, target lesion revascularization was about 14.7 versus 17.7, uh, which was insignificant. In DK Crush, the three-year outcomes were reported and target lesion failure occurred at about 16.9% of the provisional. It was significantly lower in the DK Crush group at 8.3%. And that was primarily driven by target vessel MI and target vessel revascularization. Perhaps the, the differences in outcomes in these two trials is really because the syntax score was higher in DK crush, the lesion length was higher in DK crush, but both trials required operator experience, which is something you also alluded to. But I'll turn back to you, Dr. Bogheri, and um, you know, there is a lot of discussion about using mechanical circulatory support in left main. So if you could just sum that up for us, when do you think the role of uh, MCS in general, or left main PCI is. Yeah, uh, the uh, I think the the uh, most challenging part is the definition of the high risk. So the high risk definition is is uh, until now is not unified. Which one is the uh, highest risk to use the? Uh, there are certain uh, parameters to take in considerations. One is the uh, LV function. The LV systolic function impaired is one one of the criteria. Uh, complexity of the anatomy is one of the criteria. The uh, presence of uh, uh, ongoing heart failure or elevated in ADB based on the pressures taken uh, prior to the procedure. Uh, multiple comorbidities. The uh, uh, the highest uh, the higher the comorbidities is the higher the risk. 
uh, high ischemic burden by the uh, imaging or non-invasive uh, testing. Uh, the uh, blood pressure, baseline blood pressure at beginning of the uh, procedure. This, uh, those are the uh, maybe parameters uh, to take in consideration to consider the uh, using the, the call, uh, using the uh, mechanical support devices during the intervention for the lift mean. Uh, and uh, the, uh, then the selection of the device, which device to use. We know from the past the interotic balloon bump gives the very minimal or maybe no support to uh, uh, the uh, very high risk procedure, but gives some placebo effect to the operators. The uh, other uh, uh, devices, which is major invasive like the ECMO and tandem app, gives, yes, highest support, but carries the high uh, risk in particular. Uh, what, what, uh, what's commonly used is the Impella, uh, in particular CB, which gives high uh, output or high support and utilized in up to 30% of the total devices uh, used in the mechanical support. The, uh, the drawback of the mechanical support, yes, is very helpful, very supportive, and makes the procedure, lengthy procedure, uh, successful. But the, uh, the drawback of those devices is the vascular complications, which is um, uh, approaching 5% in the Bella cases, uh, compared to 14% with the ECMO, and also up to maybe 45 or 44% in the tandem arc. So the higher the support, the higher the complications, uh, which is uh, which is the uh, drawbacks until now. Maybe within the future, with coming down with the range, with the size of the devices, may make this uh, those devices uh, less uh, complicated and more utilized uh, better. But their use is, is uh, probably is essential uh, in, the, in certain cases, which is the highest risk gain the uh, maximum benefit from the mechanical support device. Well, thank you, gentlemen, very much. Um, we do discuss these points at length in the review article, along with other points, um, but perhaps for the future, we really do need to look at operator experience and training and how we can get our operators to the level where they're comfortable with um, what needs to be done in terms of technique and imaging and so on, but also kind of explore geographic differences. We have seen a difference between EBC Bay conducted in Europe and DK Rush conducted in Asia, and perhaps it's worthwhile seeing our region as well. So thank you very much. Thank you.